This call is now being recorded. Uh, sorry for the wait here. Okay, placing in James, sorry for the wait there. No problem, no problem. Okay, we have James connected and this will be taped. Good morning. Good morning. Now, uh, go ahead and uh, talk to us a little bit about your background, my friend. So I am the children's books editor of the New York Times. I'm the co-author with Pamela Paul of How to Raise a Reader, which is just out this week. Hello. My name is Project here. Tell us about your latest project here, my friend. Tell us all about it. So this book is called How to Raise a Reader, and it is a guide for parents or children of all ages to help bring books into your your child's life. And the thing to remember is when you're raising a kid, your kid's getting a lot of pressure to read at school. You don't want to create that pressure. You want to create joy and fun around reading. So our book is really a guide to creating a family of kids who are passionate about books, who don't just read because they have to, who don't see it as yet another drag and another chore, but who are choosing to read because there's so many great books out there, and they just need to be encouraged a little and in, to be living in an environment where reading a book is a cool thing to do and a fun thing to do. So we're trying to help parents create that. Now, tell us how to raise a reader in a digital age when screens are competing for a child's attention. Well, that is a great question. Now, screens are an issue for all of us, right? We all know it's hard. There's a lot competing for our attention. But just like we grown-ups want a break from all the screens sometimes, so do kids. You know, it, it turns out teenagers actually prefer to read books in print than to read them on the screen because they're, they're just sick of having to look at their phones all day, it turns out. So it comes down to are there books around at that moment that your kid will really want to read? So one interesting study we found is that just having books in your home is linked to a child becoming a lifelong reader. So think about that. That's super easy, right? You don't you don't even need to be reading them out loud to your kid, just having books in the home. Some books that you read, right? You want to model reading. Some books that are there for your child to just pick up casually when they have that, that opportunity, a few free moments, that is a really great way to raise a reader. Just keep books in your home. Keep your eye out for books that your particular child might like and... It goes from there. 
We've got a great guest with us today. The latest is how to raise a reader. Now, talk to us about why audiobooks and graphic novels as just as good as any other book. They are an excellent way to engage readers or children with dyslexia or other reading challenges. Talk to us about it. It's really true. You know, children with dyslexia want to keep up with the same books that their friends are reading, but they're still struggling. They're still learning the way that they can read with their particular brain. So audiobooks are fantastic for any kid who has a learning challenge. They're still reading. It's still a book. Don't don't think that you're not doing the right thing for your kid by giving them audiobooks. They'll still learn how to read on paper eventually, and they'll, they'll be just as strong a reader. But the main thing is that they'll see books as a pleasure delivery system, right, no matter how they experience them, in audiobook form or in paper form. So, yes, give your kids audiobooks. They can also be great at bedtime. A lot of a lot of families use an audiobook as the last thing they put on right before their kid goes to sleep. It's a great way to fall asleep. Now, graphic novels, this is something I'm really passionate about. We need to open our minds to graphic novels as real books, right? There's so much prejudice out there against comics. Oh, I don't want my kid reading comics. All he wants to read is comics. This is really, really misguided. Visual reading is reading. You know, when your brain is taking in information from an image, that is just as powerful as taking in that information from words. And, in fact, they go together, so the really great graphic novels out there right now are keeping these kids engaged in reading, and that's a good thing. So don't look askance when all your kid wants to read is like Wimpy Kid books or Dogman. These are great books. And don't forget the people writing these books now, Dave Pilkey, Jeff Kinney, they are geniuses. These guys have brought so many kids back into reading who weren't readers, who might not be readers without these books. So I love these books, and I, I, I tell parents, just get as many as you can. Also, they're in series. Kids love series. Kids love to collect the books and trade them with their friends. This is something you can help your kid get in on. It's like social capital to have the, the latest Dogman book. We've got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here in the broadcast. How to get beyond the reading log mentality. Yeah. Well, it's true. You know, I understand, of course, why teachers use reading logs. They want to keep an eye on, you know, are their kids reading? It's really important to do a little reading every day, and they want to make sure. But it turns it into homework. It turns it into a chore, and kids dread it. You know, they just had this great experience. They read a book. They got absorbed in it. Now they got to take out the reading log and put it down and put down how many minutes and then hand it into the teacher so it becomes the property of the teacher. It's not the kids anymore. You know, so what we suggest a parent could do or even a teacher, if we have teachers listening, what about a reading journal instead of a reading log where the kid can illustrate, they can draw pictures, they can tell about their own personal experience, even if it's just one sentence or their own symbols of, you know, plus or minus, if they liked it or didn't like it. All of that will help to associate reading with their own personal life, their own personal preferences, and not just something they're doing. Yet another thing that the grown-ups are grading them on and the grown-ups are making them do. We don't want that. We want reading to belong to the kid. Got a great guest with us today. Now, uh, as we go, how do we find you online and pick up your book and everything else? Well, I am on Twitter at, at Maria Russo NYT. 
the book, How to Raise a Reader, by me and my colleague, Pamela Paul, at the New York Times. It's available in every bookstore. We have a great deal with Barnes & Noble. They have a free poster that if you buy the book from Barnes & Noble. Of course, it's on Amazon. It's at all the local bookstores. It's uh, it's on Indie Next. It's on all of the all of the independents. So um, yeah, you can get the book anywhere you anywhere books are sold. And uh, we've got lots of book recommendations. We've got tons of lists for every age. We've got lists for every interest. We've got lists for friendship, for helping your your kid be more compassionate. We've got helping your kid who has a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. We've got all kinds of good recommendations for every age. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you making time, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks so much.